0: Welcome back to the OPEX podcast, where fitness is explained. I am your host, Robbie Burke, and I am joined on today's show once again by Jim Kroll. On this episode, Jim and I discuss many topics, including the business of coaching, honoring the coaching profession, client retention, priorities and goals, and how these will differ between the coach and the client, and many other topics. Guys, this was an outstanding episode with Jim. I know you're going to love it. Stay with us, Jim. We are rocking, rolling, and recording. It's a pleasure to have you back on. I know you're over in Manchester at Level One Program Design. Fill us up on any updates and how you how's what's the weather like over there? Because in Ireland here it's beautiful. So what's it like in Manchester?
1: Everybody says it's going to be rainy. I've not seen uh, maybe a little drizzle here or there, but the sun has been out for the last four days, and uh, we got a great hike in, and we've gone downtown to dinner. Uh, apparently, it's not called downtown here. It's just called town. So it's called town. town. Yeah. Yep, so, same same uh, here. We went, in, we went into town a couple nights for dinner with a bunch of the people in the course, but things are going really well, and we're really excited because, you know, a year ago we did a course here, and there were 15 people in it, and now this year we're doing it, and they're 50 so there's a lot of people who are really engaged by the idea of you know yeah exactly long-term progression and uh really thinking about what you're doing with all of your clients so it's really exciting
0: to see yeah you didn't see sam briggs running around town or doing anything did you i've
1: not seen sam somebody told me that she's often traveling so i i not seen sam yeah great stuff
0: just for the viewers and listeners like uh we're probably online now 50 minutes and we were just talking to so much gold It's like, we got to stop and start recording because yeah. this is so, so hopefully that the gold continues on into the actual uh, podcast here slash video cast. But um, suppose just maybe with program design level one there, Manchester, what sort of sense have you got off the coaches that are, that are starting to like be sort of, um, that are starting to resonate with the OPEX message. Like wh- what sort of people are you seeing there? Like you said, 15 last year, 15 this year. And why do you think that such a growth? I mean, that's a phenomenal growth. Like, what do, you, what do you think it is about OPEX that's starting to attract people?
1: Well, something that we often say is that we're generally not the, the very first step for a coach. You know, we're certainly building out courses that can be first steps for, co- for coaches. But we're very often where a coach goes when they really want to up-level their understanding around helping their clients. So we're very well known for program design, of course, James still absolutely runs that department and he's like, that's his passion, right? Is is laying out the proper structure for each client that you have. And I think what people are finding is that they're getting deeper into their careers. You know, whether it's two years, four years, five years, so many coaches are now asking questions around, well, how do I make my people better? And when you start asking those questions, at least this was my experience, I think it's many people's experience in and around functional fitness, right, is when you ask that question, all roads point to James, because he's really laid out a quality curriculum and quality principles around how to progress any client in fitness. Mm. You know, so certainly there are components of weightlifting or powerlifting. I just listened to your podcast with Chad Wesley Smith is awesome. Um, and, you know, what does Chad do? Well, he's very he's very much in the powerlifting, weightlifting, and strongman world. And he's clear that that's where he plays in. Well, where do we play? And we play in the fitness world, functional mm-hmm. fitness world. And so James has laid out a really good curriculum. He has a ton of his own experience in the field, as would Chad. And it's really beneficial to see all these coaches engaging back with james because the more engagement he gets the better he makes the progression of the program so to to shortly answer your question it's people are finding that they aren't getting their questions answered by just coaching every day they're searching for what the bigger longer term answers are and james has a really good curriculum to show
0: them that yeah absolutely and it's uh you know when you said like Program design is like James's James's wheelhouse. so true. It's uh, it's funny too because like I like I'm going through some of the 2012 CCP and looking at the the evolution to our current 2017 program and our current CCC pro program and just even like the difference in in his sort of presentation. Like like in 2012, he was like so intense. He was just like I, I said it to him, and he goes, he goes, well, we're on more of a deadline now, but like you can yeah. see. That. You can just see though the passion when he teaches program design. He's it's actually very similar to myself, like and he's just his eyes like they're just lit up and you're just like, This man is in flow right now.
1: So Yeah, I I think, you know, lucky enough, I think, you know, I get to feel that way on the business side and James definitely. gets to feel that way on the program design side. And you know, when you when you put yourself into an environment with something you are intimately passionate about, and you've had quite a lot of experience seeing the good and the bad out there, you can put all of that energy into a very concise, whether it's pathway or argument on why something should or shouldn't work. Mm -hmm. And what I really appreciate about what James has done with program design is it's not a template. It's not the quote unquote answer, it's the principles to yeah. teach a coach how to approach program design. And one of the things that we've really identified in the last, really, it's just been the last few months, is that, well, so many people want to come to OPEX for fitness program design. It, it makes sense, right? James is the CrossFit Games champ. That's always going to be the case. We've programmed and, and coached thousands of coaches and athletes all over the world. Mm-hmm. But What we are continuing to help teach people is that it doesn't equal program design until you have all of the components that go into the program design. And so what we've determined right, is our language, to, to go back to your point on consistency, our language is now becoming program design equals consultation, assessment, program design, and nourishment. Yeah. That's what equals the aggregate program for a client. You cannot write a program without the baseline understanding and information from your client. If you don't have that, you're, you're guessing. Mm. And if you're guessing, you're not really programming for a client. I'm not saying you're going to be right. hundred percent of the time. Nobody will be right. hundred percent of the time, even if you do everything correctly in the beginning,
0: except Chuck Norris.
1: Yeah. Well, of course, of
2: course,
1: <laughs> you know? um, but if, if you can really get off on the right foot with your client, build a relationship and give them the right program for where they are, that will then allow you to optimize that program over time. And that is key. Yeah.
0: Love it. Love it. So just as you touched on there, right? James gets lit up by program design as I do, but you equally get lit up by talking about business. And I can definitely attest to that because, again, going through our our um, new CCP program, um, I have to say that the business model is excellent, and that's coming from a a person who <laughs> who who wouldn't be someone who would say he gets lit up by business. And the reason why I say I really loved uh, I love the module, and I said this to this year before we hopped online, was your videos are so concise, and like I was kind of joking with him because like a lot of the videos are just like a minute, minute and a half and like for whatever reason it's obviously built in it's obviously a subconscious bullshit belief that we have in that if the book isn't this thick or the video is not an hour long there can't be that much worth in it and it's like that's not the case at all like um whereas like you know i was i was joking that like i was just watching these videos like a 90 second video like had me like four pages of notes because it was just these words <laughs> words and language and jim kind of touched on we said it offline but the consistency of our language that's one great thing i love about opex is that if you talk to anyone who's who's in the OPEX family and team, be that someone who's actually within OPEX the company, or is a licensed gym, or someone who went through the program, the language is just so consistent. That was the first thing I picked up on when I first became part of the OPEX family. And uh, you know, like I don't want to sound like that we're like a tribe or a guru or like that James the Guru we're all like following, but it, it is key to have a consistent message without without doubt if if you want to put forward some sort of successful system out into um out into the environment and I know you probably have something you want to say in that but what I want to get into for our probably what have we got about 25 minutes half hour for you to go off to the to the attendees or whenever you got to go off um, what I loved about the business module Jim was the opening few videos you've done um, I think they really strike a serious chord um, you know you speak about you know, mindset and being a professional. So I have questions around that. So the first question I have for you is what does the professional business setup look like?
1: Are we talking about for OPEX gyms or a coach in general?
0: The the way OPEX thinks the profession should look.
1: Gotcha. So for us, professional coaching means taking into account all of those factors within a program design. So if you are doing quality assessments that lead you to proper movement and physical adaptation in your program design, Mm -hmm. that's professional. If you are having consultations with your clients off of the gym floor and learning about the bigger picture of what's going on in their life, what their real goals are, what their priorities are, that's being a professional. If you are educating them on nutrition, nourishment, et cetera, that's being a professional. And then if you're taking the time to write the right program for each of your clients, that's being professional. So in a nutshell, professionalism is about the style and the process that a coach would go through in order to coach a client. That doesn't mean there aren't great floor coaches out in the world, but that's what they're doing is they're floor coaching. What James will often talk about is the difference between coaching and instructing right? Coaching is somebody who really guides the long-term pathway.
2: Mm. Instructing
1: is somebody who is instructing on a daily basis. Nothing is wrong with that. And it's, I I loved for instruction, right? I loved being a part of that. But you're not really guiding a long-term ascent for somebody. We believe that professional coaching is all about the long-term ascent for big results for people. And those results can't only be in the gym. They have to be in and out of the gym. And that's what you need to do on the consultation side is to identify why they're even training in the first place. Yeah, yeah. You know, and one of the things that we talked about in the program design course this weekend, I should say I didn't, James did, is people in today's world don't need to be massively big and strong. They don't need to be massively aerobic, right? You, yeah. you don't need to do that in today's world. So we're doing that for another reason. And I just pause for a second just to have people think about it. It's like, why are you really training? And of course, we do it and we love it and we get massive fulfillment from it. But if we can identify what that fulfillment really is and why we're doing the training that we're doing, that's where a long-term ascent can come from. And as a coach, if I can help my clients identify that, that's big-time professionalism.
0: That's beautiful. A word that comes to mind there is transcend, and I'll tell you why, because you touched on that what we build or instill within our clients in the gym, we wanted to bleed out into their lives, we wanted to transcend into their lives, and Zach Evanish said that to me on a podcast I'd done before with him, where he's like, what I build in the gym with my athletes, I wanted to tra- transcend outside these walls, and I thought that was such a beautiful way to phrase it. And it really goes to the heart of what OPEX is, you know, live a larger life and, um, you know, uh, teach, learn, move, create. And, and like we're just using fitness as the vehicle to instill that and inspire that into every client and athlete that we're lucky enough to be involved with. The question and the follow-up question I have to this, Jim, and I know it's one you love because I've listened to a few other podcasts interviews you've done and i heard you speak a few times. And I always love how like it's almost as if like, Give me I love these questions. I love them. You're just you just you're just waiting for it, and you just like I've heard it so many times. The, there is a fear, there seems to be fear of the model that OPEX put forward in terms of individual design and trying to empower the client that this will actually not retain the client. Because the elevation run and go, well, I don't really need to come here anymore because I kind of know enough now to train myself. Why should I keep going here when I've kind of just I've learned everything that I need to know? Like so some coaches may fear that. If they turn into just a facilitator rather than someone that the, the client actually needs consistently, that they'll actually lose that as a long-term client. So what is your answer to that? Which I kind of know already, but I just love asking.
1: Well, let me, let me see if I can throw a curveball back at you on this one, because I, I do love talking about this question. Short answer, when you give somebody a long-term progression, we have to remember that a long-term progression could be years. Yeah. You know, and so long term progression on running a marathon, this six week nonsense to run your first marathon like that's not really running. And I give people tons of credit for wanting to do it. But if you want to run a marathon effectively and not potentially destroy your body in the training phase of that six weeks leading up to the marathon, because let's not forget, you could walk a marathon tomorrow. Many people could walk a marathon tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So it's not it's not the distance per se, but the training could destroy people for six to eight weeks leading up into that marathon. So what is the purpose behind it? But let me flip it on its head and say, I actually think that people are more fearful that they won't acquire clients in a one-to-one model. Because the problem is that the the industry right now is very hot in high-intensity training. So yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it was what the end of 2018, a study came out and said, yeah, the, the hit model and, and group intense training is the is the way to go for 2018. Uh, sorry, 2017. That's, 2018.
0: Why, that's why I was laughing. Yeah.
1: Was yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and they're right, because that's what the market is all over right now. So I agree with people that you're going to have to build an awareness and an understanding of the style of training that you give to people. Mm-hmm. But... When you have people experience this style of training, I I can only tell you for about two years worth of OPEX gyms, retention goes up dramatically. So I'm not as concerned about the retention on the back end. I'm really helping our gyms right now to acquire clients in an aligned fashion because the moment that they get in front of people, it's, you know, it's gravy. You know, they're, they're signing people left and right. Um, So I think what's going to be really interesting is can we create a system over the next few years that can build a very large visible presence as a high quality mechanism for the public. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm not saying that clearly, I apologize. But when it is a known thing that training can look like this, people want it. And I've seen that in numerous cities around the world. If so many cities are seeing this experience and if they're embracing this experience and i 'm talking about individual clients, coaches, owners, etc having success with it, all we need to do is to get more and more people to understand what it looks like, why it functions, and that you don't have to have an incredibly aggressive uh, i need this right now mentality mm-hmm. in order to get great results for a long period of time yeah. and let's go back to the the notion of um, how you can get long-term results you don't have to be the strongest person in the world we like to be you know what i mean and we like to train people to be and so that's fun for us but if you want to be lean if you want to be healthy if you want to have kids for a long time you need to actually have a long-term progression or you really can stress your system too aggressively Mm -hmm. which is which we're seeing all over the world right look at the pervasiveness of people who look healthy and aren't.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and that's what we're trying to help solve and James is I mean he is on the forefront of this um, obviously from a fitness program design standpoint and he wants coaches to recognize why they're giving people the things that they're giving them. If somebody wants to be a high-end athlete, awesome. You're not going to be as quote-unquote healthy as you could be yeah. at sub maximum potential. Cool. Just make that decision for the right reasons.
0: And this is the beauty then of having the consultation module with with Sharon and CCP because within that module you, you're taught you you know you're taught these skills and abilities to be able to translate and transfer this message to the client about the long game um, um, about like long term what long term fitness looks like over a lifespan and the other thing that's so crucial in consultation and I was saying this to Mike Lee when we spoke on Tuesday and I just thought it was so beautifully put by Sharon in that, this concept of perception. So you're talking about like, we don't need, like, well, not that we don't need, but our clients for the majority don't have to be the biggest, strongest humans in the world. And I think a lot of coaches think that because that's what they want within their own training. Because, I mean, that's probably what what drove us to to fitness was that like, we just got such an elation and a feeling of off training and we got the training bug. And then we think that, Everyone should experience this. And then obviously the, our, our perceptions and goals is what everyone wants. Surely everyone wants to be big, fast, strong. It's like, no, some people just want to use fitness to facilitate their lives so they can have more longevity and see their grandkids and see them off to college, et cetera, et cetera. But, well, um, you,
1: asked, you asked me a question a couple of minutes ago about, um, you know, kind of the long game and hmm. if if people – might not stay in for a long time if we teach them how to train and if we teach them how to exercise. Um, another way of looking at that from a consultative standpoint is that your values or your priorities shift over time.
0: Beautiful. So man, I love that.
1: There's nothing, and we see this all of the time with both of our athletes and our coaches, that in the long run, what they want in the beginning shifts. Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that but we as coaches can really help guide them for a long period of time through those changes of life you know the seasons of learning etc so you know as a coach you're just going to probably recognize that you know when there's some tension in somebody's desire to train hard you need to dig because it's possible that it's they don't want to train that way anymore yeah nothing wrong with that you can be their coach for decades if you can help them understand why they're training and what the big benefit to them
0: can be. Yeah, absolutely. And just finishing up that part with Sharon, you know, she talks about perceptions again. So my point was that you know, we try to um, portray or project should be better or project our perceptions onto others, thinking that, oh, they, you know, and we're not, we're not probably saying this consciously, but sometimes you're like, oh, they must see reality like I see it. So I want to be big, fast and strong. I'm going to make these guys be faster on, but we never sat down and asked, What are your priorities? What are your goals with no judgments? That's another massive thing that CCP has taught me. And, and it really rang home. I spoke to Sean, Sean McGovern and this concept of like that James often speaks about is that like once you're clear on your goals and your priorities, there is no right or wrong. So, like, you know, you'd often get external people looking at, say, a high-level athlete and go, God, like, they make so many sacrifices. Like, they don't see – they don't socialize because they have to recover. They do so much training. They miss out on family events. They have to eat very strict diets. Like, this is maybe a a more external, general population person's view on on an elite athlete. But if the elite athlete turns around and says, my priority and my goal is to be the best in my sport, I'm willing to make that trade-off. Well, then there's no judgment on that. And vice versa then when you see an elite athlete and they just don't understand why people don't want to be the, the very best at, at, at something in their life when really their goal or priority for say, the general population versus I just want to like live longer and see my kids and be the best possible dad, grandfather, mother, grandmother, sister, brother, uncle, auntie, whatever it is to, to the people in my circle of influence. And again, there's no right or wrong or judgment on that too. So I think that's critical. And just before I let you hop in there, Sharon gave such a great example perceptions it was so powerful in that she gave the example of a client going for a deadlift uh, max and she missed and she went off and she was very upset and the coach was like oh she, she I, I, she's very upset damn I shouldn't have made her test today um, she's angry with me and uh, so so the, the client went off and then the coach got in touch with Sharon and said well, like what do you think I should do and, and Sharon says just go through Napa ask that you noticed ask first uh, you know that you know she got upset and ask about it because the coach is like oh I think she's mad at me I think I, I might have ruined her relationship so the coach then goes and asks the client the next day listen I know she got upset after the, the deadlift test is that everything okay and the client turned around and just like I, I was just really upset that I let you down and then the coach had thought that oh she's angry at me so I think I'll back off so can you imagine if he did back off and then she's like, oh, my God, he's angered me because I screwed up the testing, which reflected bad in him. And I just thought, like, that was such a powerful message in perceptions. And then, like, thinking that, like, how we as coaches need to be aware that we don't portray our perceptions onto our clients. Going, going again back to the general population person does not, for the most part, for the most part, unless they come and say, they don't need to be trained like us or they're not like the biggest, strongest. They're using fitness as a vehicle to facilitate longevity in their lives. And I think that's a key thing. And it's just a great message then from James because then if we can get that across, retention's not an issue. And this goes back to the whole question about like, well, if I empower them, will I not lose them? It's like, no, because one, you're adding such value to their lives that they'll never want to leave it. Like you're, you're going to be like, you're just... the the trust and the bond there is something that's just gonna it's just gonna lock in that relationship for the long term. As Jim alluded to priorities and goals change over time. Like I'm single right now, my priority really is just me. I'm selfish. Single by the way, ladies. (laughs) Uh, uh, But like if I was to get married and have kids, like I have a friend who we actually used to live together about five years ago. Like he was a bachelor and in the space of five years he has a business, a kid, a wife and a mortgage and I'm like holy moly. So his priorities have changed. So like I mean between adding value between uh building a relationship between discussing the long-term outlook of not even just biological long-term in terms of like physical competencies but even like uh as we were speaking about earlier on like just like um long-term in like mastery of something as well and then between goals and priorities changing you're going to keep these clients for life so like I was just trying to get across, there should be no fear of people like thinking they'll lose clients if, they, if they're if they kind of going by an OPEX spouse and that you are a facilitator in this client and at least journey. Like they should not have to always come back to you and, and make sure that like, you know, ask you like, is this okay? Is that okay? You're trying to empower them and facilitate them to find their own journey. But like you will, like there's no fear that you won't retain these people.
1: Yeah. You know, if we go to retention... I I think of retention as does the client still believe there's more value in being a client of yours in your gym or do they not? And if we can at least get to that point, now we can understand, well, if I understand what the client values, I can create better value for that client given that my medium to do it is fitness. Mm. So I might say that there's a bigger retention problem when you don't know your client's values. Yeah. I wouldn't might say it. I do say it, you know, like you'll have a bigger retention problem because if you give them the same thing every day with the same um, intent, etc., if all of a sudden they change and that's not what they want the most, they're out. And there's no way of heading that off at the path. But if you understand and if you ask great questions, so Sharon often talks about asking your clients great questions. If you're asking them questions to understand where they really sit all the time, you can ebb and flow that training and you can also help them ebb and flow some of the relationships in the gym and out of the gym to mirror the values that they have at that time. And that's not being, um, I'm trying to think of, you know the best way of saying it you're not being skittish you know what i mean you're you're really being focused in on what you have value around mm. and the, the trouble that we have in today's world is that we're doing a lot of things that we don't necessarily value you know we're doing a lot of things because we're psychologically predispositioned to do them i.e notification on my phone i should check it it's like yeah. I, I don't necessarily get any value from that but i'm doing it anyways you know so we get into these cycles of just unaware action and so what we as coaches can do for our clients and what our clients can do for themselves is they can be aware of what they value why they value it and then they can put the pieces around their lifestyle so that they can support the things that they value so if i'm a coach and i i go to your friend as an example he probably has a high priority on his business and a high priority on his family right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong, by the way. He might not. But, but if that is his high priority, and I've asked him the question and I have identified that is a high priority, Big time. now what am I going to do with training? He mm-hmm. might drop from five days to three days because he doesn't have the time to do it. But yeah. what might he do as well? Maybe he straps up the kid in the backpack and goes for a walk with his wife and his kid I'm, you know, in the neighborhood. So he's getting some aerobic activity. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's continuing to be less stressed living his values because his two highest values are now not training. Yeah. But That's, if yeah. I have to force him to come in five days a week because I think he should be training five days a week, now that's me projecting my values onto him that is a retention problem
0: jim that is beautiful (laughs) that should just be a little sound piece there in itself that is wisdom at it's mightiest that's perfect that is so perfect yeah brilliant stuff and uh something i want to ask you about too and again i think like we we, we've met in person and i know we, we haven't um we haven't hung out maybe you know for a long period of time but we have a pretty good feel of one another through just our interactions through mediums like this and email you come across extremely consistent with your message and your wording and powerful words you use in one of the earlier videos in the business module and you also preface this with saying if we skip over this it's it's really going to be hard to really sort of grasp everything within CCP um and you talk about instilling a mindset that was what you were talking about. you're saying to instill a mindset into you guys from the very beginning about why being a professional and respecting the coaching um and respecting coaching is so critical because if we don't have that respect from the very get-go we get into assessment and program design and nourishment and consultation we're kind of putting a cart before the horse. So you didn't say car before the horse, but that's the sense I got or I read between the lines of people say, but why do you think it's so important to instill this professional mindset into people who want to be a coach? Let me
1: come at it from two angles. Um, the first angle, and I'll do this one really quickly, is the business angle, yeah. because why you do what you do ultimately becomes the brand that you project out into the market. Mm-hmm. So if my brand is very purposeful, it's very long-term growth oriented. It's very inquisitive and question asking that needs to come across in the style of my brand from every image that I put out on social media to every video I take to the language that I use, et cetera. So you would be wrong if you didn't think that my brand wasn't built around a consistency and a work ethic. I'm saying like a Jim Crowell brand, right? Mm-hmm. So you know what you're going to get with me if, if you're working with me in any capacity. Now from the other side of the ball from a coaching standpoint or an individual standpoint, if I understand my purpose, now i can go out into the marketplace i e each and every one of my clients yeah. and i can consistently articulate that message to them and they're going to respond back with i either want that or i don't yeah. <laughs> right yeah. and if they don't want that great they're not a good client fit for you but to go right back to your attention question if i get the clients in that respond Hello. positively to the purpose that i have in my coaching journey which by the way my coaching journey matters to my clients right so if they resonate with that coaching journey i'll keep them forever mm. if they don't then the first sign of difficult training the first sign of you know slowing results which for everybody in this world their results will slow i promise you but at the first sign of difficulty they'll bail because they don't share the same somewhat belief system that we have they don't need to care about program design that's not their shtick they do need to have a desire to grow right like our coaches in ccp want to grow their clients want to grow so if i know that that's a big part of my purpose let's go to opex for example right what's opex's purpose to guide every person to live an inspired life through fitness. Mm-hmm. Boom. Makes, makes sense. And you know this and everybody listening to this podcast, if you've known anything about OPEX, knows that that's very real to us. And so if I can then tack on all of our core values to that, okay? The purpose is the why. Why do I do what we do? Our core values are the what and the how. So how do I do that? What are my belief systems that allow me to do business? Whether I'm a coach or a business owner. And then my mission is where I want to go. So Mm -hmm. if you put those three pieces together, purpose, values, mission, that's my entire vision as a coach. And if I can articulate that vision to my clients first and to then my market second, and they resonate with it, I grow. Mm. If I articulate that out into the marketplace inconsistently, I lose trust. Yep. If I don't articulate that, I get nobody to come in in the first place. Yep. And if I don't bring in the right people who also buy into that, that's tension mm. and that's retention problems.
0: Absolutely. And, and Joe, like uh, I was just about to say, what I love so much is that like we've only touched on a few of the topics I have and it's just so good because it's just like going to make, uh, we'll probably have to do podcasts for like a lifetime to get, <laughs> we can get so deep in all this stuff. But just certain things you said, and by the way, if you're wondering, if the viewers or wondering, you wondering why sometimes I'm moving and looking, because I also have notes nearby, just making sure I hit on the points. But uh, something else I wanted to touch—you've you you've kind of touched on this already, but again, it's just the way you worded certain things. was like, so well worded, like it really just resonates. Um, I love that word, resonate. Just think it's a great word. But uh, speaking of words, you you talk about so one of the videos is about like uh, honor the coaching profession and you speak about if you honor the coaching profession and, and you actually within that you speak about like you need to uh, respect everything we've just touched on so I know for me because it resonates this is why resonate me because you were like you need to respect the assessment which also respect the program design and the consultation and the lifestyle and the business systems and I was like I was like program design yes assessment yes nourishment yes consultation getting their business yep. no. you know, which is probably most of the, the people who come with opex but you you know you outline that you said if you're not respecting all those you're not respecting yourself and you're not respecting the coaching profession then and the reason why you brought that up was this idea of credibility and credibility this is what i love this is, this is the word you use you said credibility project, projects confidence to the marketplace and then there's a reciprocal relationship there reprocity happens in that if you're putting out credibility and confidence you won't have to be like come to me people will be like oh I like what's going on over there and they'll be drawn to you so maybe could you just touch on that Jim I think that was that was even though like we've, we've kind of touched on it already but I just I love the way you preface that like sort of this idea of this it's a psychological sort of learning mindset in that if you If you respect yourself, respect the coach profession, all these facets that bring it together, which are taught through the CCP, um, that it's going to project confidence in the marketplace and in the marketplace will reward you, if you want to say, uh, with this um, reciprocal relationship in that they're going to be drawn to you. And as you've alluded to, you're, you're going to draw people that are probably going to align to your values.
1: Well, credibility, I view credibility as an increase in a client's willingness to pay you know, and again, I'll just go to the business side. <laughs> sound so, like... Yeah, right. So if, if I have more credibility, people are willing to pay more. And yeah. I'm not talking about overcharging people. I'm talking about charging what you're valued at. Yes. So think about that, right? A lot of coaches are fearful of the time that it takes to assess, yeah. consult, write a program, do lifestyle, do nourishment, etc., yeah, it does take a little bit longer than just putting them through a class, mm. but there needs to be a reciprocal increase in client's willingness to pay. So you have to have credibility as a coach. Yeah. Why does a success story, video or image, you know, before and after photos, client testimonials, reviews, why do those enhance a business so effectively? Because the prospective client gets to see other people's experiences and they, what do they do? They project themselves onto that person who had success because they want the same thing. So if I can go out to the market with that confidence and I'm not talking about cockiness, right? I'm talking about a deep care for my clients Mm -hmm. and I can show that I've helped these clients go on these long-term journeys, that's gonna really resonate with a new crowd of potential clients. But it's also going to connect with your current clients because they want to follow. They're not going to the gym to lead people. Think about that. And I know that sometimes it feels like coaches are being led by their clients. But when you're the one designing the long-term structure and program for that client, you're leading. But that's what clients want at the end of the day. They want to go into an environment that they enjoy and that they feel positive about so that they can continue to grow in the long run. Mm. So you need to be the leader. And part of being the leader is a, is a confidence, again, not a cockiness, but a confidence that you can help them get to where they want to go when that is the style or the, the brand that you put out to the marketplace, you, you will be rewarded for it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what do we got, five minutes?
1: Yeah, I got to go in a couple minutes.
0: Okay, perfect. I think I think what, what we'll touch on the next day because it's a huge area too. But, um, I mean, maybe you could just, maybe, if you want to like maybe introduce this, maybe we'll get into it deeper because I really love this one as well. Uh, we'll definitely talk more about individual uh, design in terms of uh, looking at through a business lens. Um, fitness as a business, nice little video on that too. Uh, you know kind of telling people like you're in this it's a business don't yeah. fear that it's okay and uh, we'll get to that but i love the video on strategy execution measurement and refinement because what you said in that video was that if you go to any successful organizations they all have some sort of setup that looks similar to these four key areas a strategy execution measurement and refinement and then when you said that i was like and th- this is like the the dots you connect because when you said that i was like that's the same as fitness like you come up with a strategy yeah uh, yeah execute you measure and then you refine so we'll we'll talk about fitness as a business at, at a at another time because they're not deep the topic we get into but i just wanted to finish off with even just like a little introduction and this is going to be a whole episode itself uh, I love the video on strategy, execution, measurement, and refinement. And in that video, you're like, if you go to any successful organization in the world, they all have some sort of template that looks like this. And this is where, like, you started connecting dots. So I was just like, okay, this is, this is the business part of CCP. But, like, what he's describing here is exactly how we would do fitness too. We come up with a strategy. We uh, execute it we measure it and then we refine it. And it's just like, it was just like, like a light bulb went ding. But uh, I, I love the I love that little video. So maybe can you just speak about the importance of strategy, execution, measurement, and refinement? maybe just, I, I know it's going to be a whole episode in itself. But <laughs> like even like introduce this is what it is. This is why it's important. And, and we'll get into it more down the line.
1: Yeah. The, I think a lot of coaches and a lot of people just in general, they, they remember frameworks better. Mm. So if I need to think about 25 different steps in program design or business for that matter, I I can't remember 25 different steps. But if I can remember big buckets of where the important pieces sit in a process, I can now remember, oh yeah, that's part of this or that's part of that. So the strategy, execution, measurement, refinement framework, Is very much just a theme around the buckets of what you would need to do in order to make something better. So, in a business setting, you know, even if you go to that book I mentioned on the last show, you know, The Lean Startup, it's it's similar to what they're saying. If you go to program design and listening to James and you then factor in assessment, you know, consultation, program design, nourishment, lifestyle, et cetera, it's the same idea. The goal here is to constantly ascend. So if you can visualize this for people who are watching the show right now, you're looking at a stepwise ladder function where you might come back down a little bit, but you then start from a higher step the next time you go up.
2: Yes. So
1: strategy sets the overall tone. What do I want to do? Why do I want to do it? What is the general game plan that I'm going to go with? Once I have that, I then execute on that strategy to see, i.e. measurement, how well I did. And then what I need to do once I've measured it is I need to put in refinement steps to create a new strategy Mm -hmm. that I can execute on and then measure it and refine it over and over and over and over. So the idea here is that understand what bucket you're in. If I want to strategize, then strategize, don't Mm -hmm. execute, right? So it's like if I'm in a strategy session, turn the damn emails off, turn FitBot off, turn social media off, and strategize because I'm not executing, I'm not talking to clients, I'm just looking at the big picture to put it together. When I'm executing, that is the bucket that I have to talk to clients, if I'm coaching, I have to write program designs, I have to actually execute on what's going to allow myself as a coach or my business to grow. Once I'm measuring, again, take strategy off the table, take execution off the table and just look at what's happened that might be looking at client results looking at client videos seeing what's happened as a coach if i'm in business i might be looking at my monthly metrics my financials etc no judgment around it yeah okay it just is what it is you cannot manage metrics you can only see what they are Mm -hmm. because metrics are backward looking you can forecast what you think's coming out and what does that get you back to strategy but you can only look backwards on metrics once I have the metrics, I have to refine my strategy in order to then start the next phase.
0: Yeah. And so it's
1: just a constantly perpetual cycle of improving on what you're doing. I think a lot of coaches, either they put themselves into a model that doesn't allow them to do that, right? It's, 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 you just can't if you don't have those four steps in the model,
2: yeah.
1: or they start trying to do something like individual design without a good framework. And they get themselves lost a little bit. And that's Mm -hmm. where experience comes in, right? That's why it takes a new coach anywhere from 25 to 40 minutes to write, you know, three days of A, B, C, out, right, in terms of a program design. And then you get to a very experienced coach and they're writing, you know, a higher level athletes program in seven minutes, you know, for a week. um and so new coaches i'm sitting in program design hearing this again right it's like they just need to experience these things the framework allows them to experience it more specifically so that they can really focus on the section that they're in
0: it's all part of mastery baby real quick for you, real, real quick for you go what what uh what book are you reading right now
1: um actually i just started um i'm listening to this one because i'm on the planes and stuff uh principles by ray dalio
0: oh i got that i got it but i haven't read it yet yeah very good yeah. very very good yeah. he, he like got it. me a,
1: he was a he was a commodities trader coming out of school and i was a commodities trader so mm. it just resonated and a lot of people have recommended it. it's quite good so far
0: Re- read about him and tony robbins um money master game book and there's a savage youtube video ray dalio explained the whole econ- how the
1: oh, economic market that- that's outstanding i'll put
0: that in the show notes i must like business a bit because i think i don't but then like when i honestly your videos i was like these are so good they're like just like short straight concise it's really good
1: there's a lot of parallels man you you, you're you see it that's why the new ccp is so solid is because you know it kind of takes that scariness of business away and just says look at it this way and then go coach
0: that's you've oh all right Jim Kroll, who is in a closet in Manchester, what a guy! Just hopped into a closet, got online, shot a a podcast and a a video interview. Yeah, I
1: gotta, I gotta say thanks to Craig Massey, OPEX Manchester, for letting me hop into his office in here, and uh, I might grab one of these pairs of
0: shoes behind me. (laughs) So hey, Greg, if you're missing a pair of shoes, you know who took them? We have it. We have evidence. All right, sure. All the viewers yeah all the viewers and the listeners thanks so much thanks for your time make sure you subscribe to us on itunes and on our youtube channel to get more of this great information jim absolutely whopper episode sorry i spoke so much because really you're the star of the show so many great sound bites but uh until next time see you guys
1: thanks robbie see you man